This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. We've reached the 10th precept. It took us a long time. The 10th precept is not slandering the three treasures. This one takes a little bit of unpacking, but the punchline is kind of simple. The three treasures are Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And if we're thinking of this list of precepts not merely as a list, but as the expression of a ceremony, which is a ceremony we'll be doing, we can go back to the beginning and remember that at the beginning, at the start, is repentance. All my past and harmful karma, born from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. And having said that, the next step is to take refuge. We take refuge in Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. That's where we start. And then we go through all of these precepts. And we arrive at number 10. And it says, remember those. Don't slander those. I don't think it's uh, a big stretch to imagine that the original intention behind this precept, or at least part of the original intention behind this precept, was not terribly profound. You know, there were, there were teams. And, and on the Buddhist team, and on the Zen Buddhist team, you know, you wanted to uh, make sure that everything you said and everything you did was in service of that team. Right? So we get to the end, and where we say, don't slander those things. Don't say anything bad about the Buddha. And don't question the Buddha. That looks bad. Right? Don't say anything bad about the Dharma and don't question the Dharma. That also looks bad. And don't question the Sangha or say anything bad about the Sangha in particular because that looks really bad. Right? If you go to your friends and you start complaining about the Sangha, that has all sorts of implications for everybody. So just keep it to yourself. (laughs) Okay? These are good things. Keep a a pure view of them so that they're always good in your mind and so that you never have anything negative to say. It's practical to think this way. But we can do much better today than to think of this precept in that simple way. We should remember that that these precepts are not talked about as rules. They're a reverse-engineered description of the life of a bodhisattva. Someone who is living a life of vow does certain things and does not do certain things. And this list is a description. If we imagine that there is something called Buddha, or something called Dharma, or something called Sangha that's real, 
Because as we're talking about these things right now, none of them are real. They're concepts. If, if I imagine that my primary concern is to defend something that is not real, to defend a concept, or to uphold a concept, if my primary concern is making sure that I don't say anything negative about a concept or that I don't question a concept, or if my primary concern is that other people don't say anything negative about that concept or question that concept, I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of growing up to do. That's not where we start. We have to look carefully at what Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha are. On the face of it, Buddha is the Buddha. And if we take one step back, Buddha is awakened nature. If we take another step back, Buddha is what we call Buddha nature. And as we've talked about a lot, Buddha nature is everything, without exception. Dharma, in its simplest description, is the teachings. And if we step back, it's the truth. And if we step back again, it's not just capital D Dharma, it's little d Dharma, which means every little thing. Those two things, those, the big D and the little d, are never in conflict. Everything. Sangha historically meant the ordained Sangha, but quickly expanded to be the fourfold Sangha, which was monks, nuns, laymen, and laywomen. It also includes the circles around each of those people and the circles around each of those people and the beings that support each of those circles of people and on and on until Sangha also is absolutely every single thing. Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha are three different ways of talking about the big picture. And saying all three of them is a reminder that whether you look at it this way, or this way, or this way, nothing is excluded. We're talking about absolutely everything. Everything that has ever existed. Everything that ever will exist. Everything that you can imagine. Everything you haven't imagined yet. is encompassed by the three treasures. Do not slander the three treasures. Think of the thing, not the thing, think of one thing. Think of one thing that you would like never to be in contact with. It might be conceptual, it might be physical, it might be a bug. 
or it might be a certain kind of atmosphere. It might be an idea. In not wanting to be near that thing, in not wanting to encounter that thing, there is a division, there's a separation, and there's a statement in your mind, whether it's ever uttered out loud or not, that is slander. That that thing doesn't fit. That thing is beneath the reality that I wish to inhabit. Imagine the uh, the person who does not meet any of your criteria for kindness or for intelligence, for common sense. The person that in your mind it is so easy to dismiss or mock That too speaks to this precept. I heard a, a Tibetan teacher say one time, he said, you may think sometimes that you're enlightened, but if, if you want to do a quick check, if you want to just test it, he said, put your hand over a flame. If it hurts, you're not there. I don't totally get what he meant. I'm not sure what's behind that. I also can tell you I'm not enlightened by this definition. And I don't think I will be. A more interesting litmus test within this tradition, not of enlightenment, but of your path is asking yourself, to what degree you are guided by preference? How many of your decisions come down to personal taste? And by extension, rejection of the things you don't like. And how much of your path is guided by vow? We just said the vows. I vow to free all beings and to end all delusion and to enter every Dharma gate. Right there, to reject nothing and to embody this path. It's a hard thing to do, but it's, it's simple in its presentation. Everyone in this room probably has a preference between chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream. If I put out two and I say you get to choose one, you'll, you'll choose one and you'll have a reason.
But when we're seeing our lives through that vow, through the urgency of that vow, and through the scope of that vow, it's not that we no longer have a preference. It's not that we cease to be biological beings with taste buds and histories. It's that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Right? I'm waking up in the morning and I'm trying to free all beings and I'm trying to end all delusion and someone is asking me which ice cream I want. Just give me the ice cream. It's okay. If someone hands you vanilla, that's great. If someone hands you chocolate, that's great. And you keep moving, ice cream cone in hand, to do the work that you woke up to do. And you keep marching in that direction until you go to bed and you wake up the next day and it's the same thing. Am I going to wear navy socks or am I going to wear black socks? That decision only matters if what you're doing doesn't. (laughs) Look past that. (laughs) Look past your rejection of Navy, (laughs) which is an exhausting aspect of being alive. Look past your rejection of argyle that someone gave you for Christmas. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. This matters. When we violate this precept, we get stuck. That's the point. We're walking in that straight line of vow. And then we see a spider and we stop. We say, I don't want to go that way. Almost every day I walk through a spider web with my face. (laughs) It's just the nature of where I live. I can't imagine that I will ever be thrilled that this happens. I'll never rejoice in it. I'll never get to a point where I don't have a preference for not walking through spider webs with my face. At the same time, I can see, especially because it happens every day, that it, it's, it, it's not a big deal. Right? The first time it ever happened to me, I freaked out. And I did see the spider that was attached to that particular web, and it was massive. And I felt that I had been through something important. Now it just keeps happening. That's life. We learn to keep walking. That's my very simple understanding of this precept. It doesn't have to do with a concept. It doesn't have to do with defending or upholding or protecting It has to do with not rejecting. In the same way that that we have have this approach to Zazen, everybody has this approach to Zazen. 
where it's as if we're trying to keep a room very, very clean. We're sitting in an empty room and it's pristine except for this one dust bunny. We keep, first it bothers us that it's there. And then we get up and we chase it. We try and catch it. And we, we, we brush it and then we open the door to let it out. And when we open the door, that pushes the air in and then the dust bunny comes back in. And our experience of Zazen is trying to keep this room immaculate. Because what we're doing is we're creating an imitation of space. We have an idea of what it is to be spacious. And it's very clean. right? The walls are very clean. And the floors are very, very clean. And there's just this one thing. And if I could just get rid of that, ooh, it would be great. Right? That's part of the practice of Zazen, but that's, that's an imitation of Zazen. What, what we, when we discover Zazen, when we take up Zazen as a real practice and not as an imitation of something that we've already created in our minds, it's when we open the door and we go outside and we sit down. In the spot where we were trying to put the dust bunny in the first place, so the rain falls on our head and the bugs crawl on our skin and we feel the mud and we hear all the sounds of the neighborhood. And there are no walls. And there's not one clean place. But because there's not one clean place, it's immaculate. There's not a single place in that landscape where you could spit. It's perfect. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.